We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about being young, in love, and navigating life one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 31 of Married Millennials. Happy Election Day. Yes, it's a wonderful Tuesday indeed to get out there and vote. Vote. V O T E. Vote, vote, vote. Do not silence your vote and your voice. We need you. Your your nation quite literally needs you. you. We've been very vocal about this election season over the past few months, but now that the day is actually here, we really can't stress enough the seriousness of voting. Go out and vote. And I know there are countless of arguments from people on both sides. Well, I don't like this. I don't support that. We can sit here and debate till we're blue in the face, but the debating is done. The election is here, and the, the, the very future of this country lies on individuals like you and I going out and voting. Right. Absolutely. The next four years are, will be determined by today. Yeah. The actions of everyone who is a citizen of the United States today will determine the next four years of this country. Yeah, and that icky feeling that you're starting to feel settling in your chest, it's called responsibility. Embrace it. Take your opportunity and go make a difference. If you don't know your polling place, Google it. Google literally <laughs> has everything. I kid you not. I, I, I logged is, on to my this email this morning, and Google had a little something at the top of my Gmail, and it said, do you know where you, where you need to vote? And I was like, yeah, I know where I'm going, but I was like, I'm still going to type it in just to doubly check. So sure enough, I type in my registered address, and they're like, boom, here's your place to vote. So there's literally no, no excuse. excuse. Like before the voter registration deadline was coming up, Google was putting many things out there. Three easy steps to register how to vote. What you need to do to vote. But now some of you guys ignored that, and now you can't vote. Shame on you. Yeah. And yes, if you're one of those people, shame on you. Yeah. But for those of you who are voting, who did register to vote, Again, if you do not know where to go, you should have been mailed a sample ballot. You should have all this information. But if not, I'm t- Google. We all use it. Open your, your your browser on your phone, your computer, your tablet. Just go to Google.com. I promise you it's going to be the easiest thing ever. So we always talk about the importance of voting. But as millennials, none of us know what it means to not be able to vote. We all have had the right our entire lives. It's always been fairly easy. Uh, Our first election, we were able to vote for Barack Obama, which is huge. We didn't even understand how big of a deal that was. We're like, oh, yeah, of course, Barack Obama's like running for president. Yeah, I'm going to vote for him because he's qualified (laughs) and amazing. So. I, I didn't even understand what a privilege that was. Yeah. I want to I add to that before we, we go on is for me, I didn't that and I'm glad you, you brought that up because it didn't really settle on me till probably about this year. Yeah, I would say this year. It's been eight years. Mm-hmm. President Barack Obama has been office and in his final year, knowing that he's on his way out. I was able to reflect back when I was 18 years old Mm -hmm. and to have relatives at the time who were still living who literally did not have the ability to vote. Mm -hmm. And now there I was as their grandchild 
mm-hmm. being able to not only vote freely, but to vote for a black man to assume the, I would argue, the highest role in the world. Yeah. President of the United States. The President of the United States. States. And, and it was such I a, have chills. I it was such chills. a humbling moment of reflection because yeah. at the time when I voted, I didn't think about it. I was like, okay, this is a no brainer. This is who I'm going to vote for. But as you get older and you get more mature and all of the actions that have happened throughout this election yeah. season, it just really forces you to to think about everything that, that's going on. And to, to sit there in that moment and be like, man, this is really going to be the president of the United States. But, you know, I think this was the time, you know, eight years ago. I, it was just very incredibly humbling. And I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't realize at that time that I'm going to be able to tell my grandkids about this. Just like right, my grandparents exactly. were saying, I remember the first time I voted, it was the best feeling. Like now I can say, yeah, you know, the first time I voted, it was for a black man. Like that is amazing. It's huge. And I remember there, it was very emotional for the older older generations involved. Um, it was inauguration day, actually. I was at home. My mom was crying. I cried, too. I, I didn't because I was, you know, it just made so much sense to me at the time. And I, I don't know why. It's not that I'm, you know, ignorant of oppression or any of that. But I was just like, yeah, this is happening and it's great. And I, But I didn't feel... I don't think I realized how big of a, a feat it truly was. I don't think I understood my history enough to know this is monumental. I knew it was a big deal, but like I didn't understand. I just didn't understand. What brought the tears to my eyes is you think about when you were a child. What everyone writes down when you're in kindergarten, first grade, what is your dream job? I would like to be the president of the United States. It's like the safe answer to every question that you've ever been asked when you were five years or younger. You open your history books, and there you see portraits of all white males Mm -hmm. in continuum. Mm -hmm. For 200 plus years, this is what you see. And I could remember in that time, I just envisioned, was here is going to be a child opening a history book, and next to all these white men is going to be a black man. Mm-hmm. And if you think of the the history of this country and you think about the oppression not only uh, not only for towards a lot of minorities in this country but in particular black people yeah. for a a young individual of any ethnic background to be able to open their history book now and see this picture. And for me I thought about my nephew at the time like when he first opens his book his first president is going to be Barack Obama. Yeah. And as a young black man, he I mean, he has he was a child at the time. He has no concept, and he probably still at nine years old doesn't have a concept, and probably won't have it for another ten years. Right. But to say you know, my first president was, that's what made me emotional. Yeah. And then of course the weight of all of your ancestors. I mean, you hear these stories when you're growing up and you're talking to people, and for them to 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 hear something that was to be at one point thought impossible. Of course. Has now happened. Well, you know, yeah, we went from enslaved, <laughs> literally, you know, being chained to a boat, um, being whipped and mistreated to, well, many steps in between that, which we'll discuss, to being in the White House. I mean, that's the, that, that's the American dream, if ever there was one. The absolute lowest individual in society mm-hmm. to 
again, quite arguably the, most the highest, most respected position, not only in the United States, but arguably the world. Mm-hmm. Like, do you understand the magnitude of that? Yeah, we're going to miss the Obamas dearly. Yeah, they were they were good. And as I said, regardless, if you, if you like President Barack Obama, if you don't like him, the, what his presidency did was historic. And you can't take that away no. from the Obamas. And, he was and you don't a have to agree with his policy. President, he was a good president. Like that's also, he was a good president. I know some people may disagree with that, and that is your right. But he did, he did some great work. The economy was in shambles when he <laughs> inherited the Oval, and things are much better now. So, and, and I also we're have to give him some credit. And I want to say one more thing. I think people put too much emphasis or responsibility on the president. I know there's been a, a few people I've spoken with and said, well, President Obama didn't deliver this. You understand that we, we live in a law of government and the president is not the only person who can decide upon everything. That's why we have Congress. We have systems in place that don't allow for a dictatorship to happen. Right. So well, you have to get bipartisan support to go ahead and push policies along. If you want to point a finger to blame, let's look at our entire federal government and say, okay, well, where was, where was the breakdowns? And then when those breakdowns are, let's go ahead and see if we can fix those. And how do you fix a lot of those breakdowns? You go out and vote, not just on in a presidential election, election but also in your local and state elections. Yeah. Those make a difference. Pay attention to your props. All of those, and that's important. We, we, we've spent so much time in, in talking about the presidential election between Hillary and Trump, but if we think about it, really where our, a huge impact is going to come from is, is what we are doing with our local leaders. Mm-hmm. So please don't just go into the polls and say, okay, well, I know I'm voting for Trump or I know I'm voting for, for Hillary Clinton, and that's going to be the end of that. Do your homework. Take yeah. the time and research who's mm-hmm. in the Senate race. What propositions are being passed in your state? What is going to have a direct effect on you? Because a lot of times, policies that happen at the state and local level are are far more detrimental or influential on you, mm-hmm. not the federal th- the, the federal election. So you have to be a well-rounded citizen and do your homework. It's not going to take anything out of your life. And if you haven't started, it's not too late. Polling, cl- that- polling places don't close to what, 7, 8 o'clock at night? Yeah. So if you're sitting at your desk right now, everybody's sitting here watching watching some sort of news update on, on Twitter, mm-hmm. on Facebook. I'm sure your, your bosses are talking about it. Open up Google, pull out your sample ballot, and start researching. You have time. And if you already voted and you, and you voted blindly, well, at least you voted. <laughs> yeah, and do better next time. As we mentioned earlier, we as millennials only know the right to vote. We have had this privilege our entire lives, but we wanted to give you a little historical context of how much of a privilege it truly is. Let's start from the very beginning. In 1790, adult white male property owners, which is about 10 to 16% of the general population at the time, were allowed to vote. Fast forward about 60 years in 1850, they removed the clause about property ownership and then allowed most white males to vote. And only five years later, in 1855, the state of Connecticut and Massachusetts introduced literacy tests to eliminate Irish Catholic immigrant votes. So this is when the discrimination in our voting practices really started. Right, but even think about that. If you were a white male in 1790 and you didn't have any property, you couldn't vote. Yeah, it's... That's great. Like, there there has always been discrimination. 
1870, post-Civil War, the 15th Amendment was passed to give former slaves the right to vote and also protect the voting rights of most male citizens of any race. However, a poll tax was introduced in 1889, which effectively disenfranchised many black people. And then in 1890, Mississippi adopted a literacy test to keep black people from voting. And that kind of swept out some uneducated white people as well. So they decided to introduce the grandfather clause, which allowed those who voted in 1870 or prior and their descendants to vote regardless of literacy. So if being a slave wasn't bad enough, we granted you the right to vote through the 15th Amendment, and then 19 and 20 years later, as Joyce said, in 1889 and 1890, we're going to introduce poll taxes, we're going to introduce literacy tests, um, and you know what? We're going to have some discriminatory laws in there, no big deal. You're not going to be allowed to vote. Imagine if you go to work every single day and your boss doesn't allow you to have a say in anything. You're eventually going to quit. At least I know I'm going to quit. He just come up and show, you don't say anything, your opinion does not matter, but you're going to go on about your days. You're not going to last very long. So here we go, 1870 and then 19, 20 years later, boom, we're going to just start all these discriminatory practices. I mean, it, it's just frustrating as hell. And as I said, I'm getting upset going back through history. Yeah, 1889, that was literally 100 years before we were born, which sounds like a long time, but... There's people who live 100 years. It wasn't, yeah. Uh, that's... Uh, if you're talking about the memory of a nation, 100 years is not a long time. You know, you get to like five, 600 years, we can talk. But 100 years, it's in recent memory. And it also just goes to show how young we are as a country. You yeah. think about America as so old. Like, yeah. oh, we've been, well, we've only been around for a couple hundred years. Yeah, we And if you look at the, the entire world and how long some countries have been in existence and have been around, you're just like, man. Like, America is still a baby. So, yeah. yes, we have come a long way. I, mm -hmm. I will give credit where, where credit is due. But there we are still centuries away yeah. from a lot of these things. And, 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 and like I said, going through these history lessons, it just reminds you of, of, of just, again, how far we still have to go. Fast forward to 1920, the 19th Amendment passed, which granted women the right to vote. You know what would be amazing? If we had a woman in the Oval during the year of 2020, 100 years later. The centennial. Yeah. The centennial oh. of the 19th Amendment. Hillary Clinton could possibly be the president. That, that is not a lot of time. Poetic. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But that would be wonderful. It needs to happen. It has to happen. Because it, it can't be the other option. Okay, I'll stop. I'll, I'll be nice. I'm going yes. I'm, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna be diplomatic today. We're, we're attempting. <laughs> <laughs> no one said we had to do a good job of it. Fair enough. <laughs> Moving right along, four years later in 1924, Native Americans were granted the right of citizenship, which included the right to vote. So then if you moved ahead to 1957, the Civil Rights Act was passed, which was essentially a law that enforced people to follow the 15th Amendment, which was again passed in 1870. So in 1870, the 15th Amendment was passed. But really, in 1957 was the first time a law was actually passed for people to enforce this constitutional right. Mm -hmm. But really, even then, there was still a struggle. Because if you move ahead to 1965, that's really when minority voters had their voice, for the first time, a, a true law to have their voice heard. And that was the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And for those of you guys who do not know, that's why the March on Selma was really such a big deal because that was the, the signature event that allowed 
America to see really what was going on in the South. And that's when President Lyndon B. Johnson said, okay, we we got to figure this out. Yeah, and many of our parents were alive during that time. 1870, the 15th Amendment. Yeah. 1965. That was not that long ago. Your parents remember. That was old. But, look, but what I'm trying to say is that was 95 years. Like if we think about, if you really think about that, 95 years for something to really get enforced. 95 years. Most of us won't live 95 years. Yeah, it's an empty promise. Like, okay, here you go. It's something that was given to shut us up, I think. Like, okay, here's your right, but not really. It's like when someone's trying to be fair but doesn't really want to be. This is when I wish I could time travel but still be invisible. Mm, but that's yeah. what I said, but be invisible. Because I, I, The so past may, is yeah. not a place for me, not as a black person and not as a woman. No, I, I, I hear that. No place for me. What I'm saying is I would, again, would be able to, to go back and just see. And I don't even, and I don't think I would really want to because I think it would really yeah, mess painful. me up forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to go back and really just see and be able to have conversations and hear. I mean, watching all this nonsense on, on the internet messes me up bad enough, so I probably shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But it would be something that I wish I could go back to at a time and just learn. Given the option to time travel, I would go 100 years into the future, I think. I would not. <laughs> I wouldn't go back. It's not that... Or if I did go back, I would go back to like ancient Egypt where like I could possibly be a queen or something like that's just, fair. Yeah. I But I would not go back in American history because it's just there's genuinely nowhere where I would be completely welcome with open arms. And you well, know, that's why I had to add. Well, that's why be, I added the invisible. Yeah. Part. You could be invisible or a white male. Oh. But you're like you're still you on the inside. But like your your shell is a white <laughs> male. Like light hair, light eyes, like I'm we, safe. We got this. Yeah, yeah. I would do that if it was acceptable. Those are the most important points on the timeline. We will include a link on our site so that you can get a feel for the whole thing. But we just wanted to give you a brief history of what American voting laws have looked like throughout history. Um, it is an extreme privilege and a wonderful thing to be able to vote. I'm sure that you could see yourself in some of these examples we gave if you were in a different time period you would not have had the right to go and let your voice be heard and if you were in that time you probably really wanted to be heard because it does matter who's in office um on a federal level and local level you didn't think you were gonna get a history lesson today huh yeah. you guys probably tune in and said okay let me see how much shit join justin are gonna talk today Sometimes we have to be a little bit serious and you have to go through some history lessons. I know Joy doesn't typically like to sit through lessons. So hopefully there's none of you out there who are listening. They're like, what? I thought I graduated school. Like I I wasn't ready for this. But no, again, you just have to, you have to have those moments. And while we are researching these dates, it's funny. And this is why I laugh at at school is history is just not taught the way history happened. And that's just unfortunate for everybody. It's a shame that you have to go through 900 different books or different sites and read different articles to find out the truth of what happened in in American history. And I don't know if that's a good thing or if that's a bad thing. I'm going to go with... It's mm. good that the information is at least accessible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The information is accessible. It's not great that you have to teach yourself twice. Yeah, but it just, (laughs) and it goes back like, man, I'm sitting here thinking like, did I forget all of this from school or did I just not care or, but a lot of this, I I would say, I just remember when I go back to, to school, usually you just get, you know, the one sentence, oh, 
this happened here, and that kind of leaves it at that. Exactly. Saying, you know, the perfect example is, is the 19th Amendment. Well, the 19th Amendment passed, and women were given the right to vote. And like, that's all you're going to hit. That's it. But, I mean, now to their defense, there are history books that talk about the entire women's suffrage movement. But when you hear about this and just through passing, it's just the one sentence I Exactly. Definition. I just feel like if we were to give a context for it, if you are talking about a traditional history textbook that's in schools, there is probably, you know, a chapter dedicated <laughs> to chapters. slavery. Yeah, and the, the chapter is, you know, three large pages. <laughs> and that's dedicated to sl- slavery. If you want to talk about women's suffrage, it's a paragraph on half a page. Like, you know, like, and this happened, and this happened too, but we're not going to talk about it for that long. And, you know, your teachers are probably uncomfortable teaching certain things. And do you re- did you read To Kill a Mockingbird in I, class? I did. Was it read aloud? No, everyone's afraid to say the N-word. Right. So mine was read aloud, but on the N-word parts, the teacher read it. <laughs> and guess what happened? And, you know, I'm the only chocolate drop in the class. So Everyone just looks at you. Is it okay that she said that? No, it's not okay. I am not okay right now. I would like to leave, but I'm also in seventh grade, so I can't. Awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. I hope they don't do that anymore. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> speaking of... of, of past teachers which is also interesting i'm friends with one of my middle school history teachers and he was genuinely my favorite teacher growing i wouldn't say growing up my favorite teacher in in middle school Mm -hmm. and now in this election season i could not disagree more with just about everything that he posts Mm -hmm. on his facebook status and i was like you were teaching me american history with these views Mm -hmm. i'm a little confused (laughs) like i i applaud i'm up i applaud you for not allowing your political influence to get in the way of our teaching but then the other side of me is like when did your political influence somehow get in the way of teaching whether there's specific topics of american history that we didn't really dive into because you weren't comfortable discussing them or anything of the sort it's just interesting to see you know when you go from being a kid to becoming adult your 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 lens of awareness yeah your your lens of awareness definitely changes yeah and you know i our unconscious biases and our conscious biases uh frankly uh, they affect us all it is very difficult to explain something to somebody that you feel strongly about without putting your views into it somewhere like even as our timeline you know we're talking about this stuff but we feel strongly about minorities having rights because we are one. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just, yeah, that's, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that, but give me the facts at least and dive into it a little bit. My mom used to give my brother and I uh, Black History lessons during Black History Month just so we knew our history because it was not being taught in school. We learned about Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King. Frederick Douglass, Thurgood Marshall. Oh, yeah, Thurgood Marshall was in there too. Um, and that's about it trying to think if there was anyone else we definitely didn't learn about malcolm x in school oh no i did not learn about malcolm x no never (laughs) talked about that's a good autobiography yeah read it if if we did did talk about there was this other guy malcolm x but we're not going to talk about it (laughs) yeah he he would know what malcolm x was discussed when talking about dr martin luther king that's when he was discussed he was in school i just really don't you would no you would bring it i i remember the name Oh, okay. being discussed at the same time when learning about Dr. Malunthi, but there was no lessons on Malcolm. No, X. nobody no, was teaching that. Not at all. And we had actually the, the Black Panther Party at home growing up. 
Yeah. Oh, no, we did not learn about the Black Panthers. But the awesome thing about being an adult is that you can educate yourself. You There's plenty of resources available. And I actually enjoy learning more as an adult than I ever did as a child. I think I'm... I'm researching more as I well because you get it more than I. Do. I mean, that makes sense. When I was a kid, I wasn't researching presidents, and I'm I'm researching. Okay, do I want Skittles or do I want M and M's? Like that was right. the, the level of my research. Life is different. Life's yeah, you, different. You, Your even, priorities. Shift. Even at 18, when you're 28, when you, it it changes so quickly. Yeah. And it's a, as you learn more, as you become an adult, adulting, it's difficult. It's tough. You have yeah. to start formulating your own thoughts and opinions. And I think this is why now and then is specifically in this politically charged season, mm-hmm. it's just forced everyone to just educate themselves a little bit more. Yeah, I don't think I've ever cared about political and social issues as much as I, I have these last couple years. I mean, I mean, really this year. Yeah, it started for me in college, and it's significantly magnified over the last five years. I cared in college, but I just, I don't know. I, I didn't ever... Your awareness level has changed. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. I didn't attack it, though. Now I'm just like, let's have a discussion well, about you, it before. It was like, oh, okay, like you feel that way. I feel this way. It's yeah, fine. Well, you have to. I mean, that's yeah. just a, that's a part of being a socially conscious individual. Yeah. And you can't just walk through the world and acting like shit doesn't bother you. Right. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it affects you. But I think the lesson here is that we are all affected by our political leaders and It is our responsibility to make sure that we appoint people who will handle our fate, if you will, responsibly. So do the right thing, people. Go out there and vote. If you're sitting at your desk listening to this podcast, if you are driving to work or on a commuter train or bus listening and you're not sure if you're going to vote, please go out and vote. It is our responsibility to be diligent and responsible citizens of this country. What happens today is going to directly impact our future, our children's future for the next four years. Be responsible and let your voice be heard. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and share it with your friends. And as always, let's keep the conversation going online. Please connect with us on social media. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com, and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. We recently joined Snapchat, so be sure to add us there. It is The Love Jays. Yes, with the T-H-E Love Jays. They're on Snapchat. Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next Tuesday.